Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk. Comedians or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. What are they made of? Cured edible green leaves, food-grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. No tobacco leaf or stem. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco and want to join the Black Buffalo herd. Head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online and they ship directly to most states. Or check out their store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. What is going on, everybody? John Middlecop, 3 and Out Podcast, back at it again. Happy Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday, whenever you're listening to this. Happy day. Hope your day is treating you well. Hope you had a good weekend, uh, Valentine's Day. Hopefully you, uh, you try to be appropriate here. Hopefully it went well. Hopefully it went well. Uh, Let's see, we got a lot going on. The NBA All-Star Game had this change by setting it at a certain number, and they play do it in the fourth quarter. If you didn't watch, it just was really intense. It was really good, and I've gotten a lot of people asking me how we can do that with the Pro Bowl. I have some thoughts on that. The Tua, Burrow, Herbert debate's kind of heating up. I'll dive into that. I wrote down a bunch of stories. There's just a lot of little stuff going on. I I just jotted it down, and we'll just kind of fire through, fly through some topics. Uh, rapid speed, give my takes and thoughts on just e- each story or, or maybe just something that jumped out to me. And then I got a, just a ton of uh, Middlecoff DMs, at John Middlecoff, my Instagram. You can s- slide in those DMs, and some of you said I'm actually sliding into your DMs, or just DM me. Uh, I guess sliding has a different connotation. People often tell me that. Yeah, just just enter my di- direct messages and a- ask a football question or, or any sort of question. And we answer it here. I got a ton, and I'm going to try to bang a bunch out. Because a lot of them, as we get, the Combine's right around the corner. I, I think I'm going to go. It's still a little up in the air, but it's it's next week. Uh, I know if, you, you, if you're new to the show, I went a couple years ago. I hope we can go back. Still working on that. And uh, may have some interviews and talk to some people there. But that's that's when a lot of stories come fast and furious. And good, meaty stuff, too. I mean, now some of it's lie. Like, this is lying season, but we'll dive into it all so you can just fire into my my direct messages and ask me a question. But let's start with this. The NBA All-Star Game was really, really intense in the fourth quarter. I turned it off in the first quarter, then I checked Twitter, and everyone was raving about it, so I flipped it on, and it was sweet. It was really, really intense. And that's something the NBA has really lacked, is intensity, urgency. Their regular season is not important. Guys, the players don't try. 
Hell, arguably the best player in the sport, Kawhi Leonard, plays like twice a month. The, the majority of their guys rest all the time, and they don't feel bad doing it. And I, I think there's some economic influences. They're so rich. They've become so powerful. They can do whatever they want, and it's hurt the product. Now, the playoffs are still intense because there's legacies on the line. and uh, Like any sport, the playoffs are always going to be good. Baseball, basketball, football, golf majors, watching Djokovic play Federer in the finals. Like Any big pro-level athletic match that's either a playoff, a major, whatever, is always going to be good if both guys are elite and trying hard. And they're always going to try hard. The hard part is, and this is where football benefits, and I say it all the time, the setup of the sport. They only play once a week. But one of the reasons, and if you didn't watch the All-Star game, they basically, after the end of the third quarter... I might be a little wrong on this, uh, but I think whoever's in the lead, they add 24 points in honor of Kobe to your score. So it was like 195. I'm just giving you a random number. And they would add 24 to the 100. And so whoever gets to 124 wins the game. So down the stretch, it gets real, it turns into a pickup game, right? You're just playing to a number, but it happens to be with the best players in the, in the world. And the thing you see in the NBA All-Star Game is the best athletes in the world play in the National Basketball Association. Like, there is not an athlete on LeBron's level in the NFL. He's six eight and a half, six nine. One time I went to a Warriors game, like four or five, like longer than that, when he was on the Heat, and the Heat trainer, who I don't think was supposed to tell me this, but he did tell me this, that LeBron's weight at the time was like 287. Like, they're just... There's not a guy 6'9", 287 in the NFL that moves like that. Now there are guys that are 6'3", 287, but that extra height a big freaking deal. Guy moves like a gazelle, and he's the height of an offensive tackle. So th- these guys are extreme outliers, and when they play hard, it's amazing to watch. But the one thing with basketball, and I, I don't know how many of you guys listening, I'm sure if you're listening to this, you've played sports. you played hoops, even if it's just pickup hoops. It's an easy sport to play. You just grab 10 guys, and you just start playing. And unlike the sport of football, there's not a huge injury risk when you play basketball. Now, you can get injured, but you don't go into a basketball game worrying about getting hurt. And in the NBA, and I just know this because I followed it closely when I was in radio, and we had the Warriors, and I just followed the Warriors closely, they don't practice in the NBA. A lot of times, it's hit or miss depending on what level your team is, veteran or not, if you even have this thing they call shoot-around on the day of the game. And that's technically a practice. Like LeBron James, notoriously, no shoot-arounds. Now, they do film study and stuff, but it's not a big practice. You just play. Now, the playoffs are different, but in the regular season, you just play. And even in a pickup game like the All-Star game, you can just play. In baseball, if any of you have ever gone to a Major League Baseball game a couple hours early, you'll watch them take BP. Well, what is BP? It's a coach throwing about 60 miles an hour and a guy just hitting balls all over the yard. And you can take infield, which is just another coach hitting fungos to you at about a quarter speed. And you're just flicking it over to the first baseman. It doesn't really simulate the regular game, but you don't really need to practice to play a baseball game. It's why basketball, like baseball, their all-star game, when the players actually try, look just like a high-level game, even better because it's the best players. The thing with, think about football. On a Monday and Tuesday, in the sport of football, coaches in college and the pros, well, college is Sunday and Monday, and pros Monday and Tuesday, they dive into the film on whatever opponent they're playing, and they construct a game plan. They spend basically probably about 16 to 18 hours on those two days constructing a game plan. So when the players come in on Wednesday, they have a game plan. Strengths and weaknesses on every player the game plan of how they're going to attack their schemes, what they need to adjust their schemes to get better. But in those Monday and Tuesday, as we've heard players talk countless times, any player worth their salt isn't taking Monday and Tuesday off. Now, depending if you win or lose, you got to come into the facility on Monday and Tuesday. Sometimes when you win, you get Monday and Tuesday off. But every good player is still doing their own film study. They usually watch back the game they just played on Sunday, make some corrections, see what they did well, see what they did poorly and maybe talk with their position coach through text, or maybe even go in. But definitely then, look at the upcoming opponent and their specific matchup. Like if you're a corner, what wide receiver you're going to face. If you're a running back, what their front looks like. If you're a quarterback, what they do with coverages. It's a very intense process. And we're not even to Wednesday yet. 
Well, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday in the sport of football, unlike baseball, where you just play every day, and basketball, where you don't even practice, you just show up and hoop, in football, by the time you get to Wednesday, you do an intense install from Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. And when I say install, on day one, it's just installing the basic game plan of how you're going to attack them on first down. By the time you get to Thursday, you might be doing short yardage in red zone. By the time you get to Friday, you might be doing third down in certain situations. It's a very long, intense process. And then by Saturday, you're doing more mental reps, but it's still a walkthrough, maybe traveling to the place. Then you stay in a hotel, whether you're on the road or at home, and you're still doing all that stuff. And by Sunday, anyone, if you've just played high school football, you know game day in the sport of football is intense. It's, it's much different than basketball or baseball, just because you don't play that many games. So when people go, well, how can they improve the Pro Bowl to get it like the NBA All-Star game last night? I say it's basically impossible. One, just because the effort that it would take if they were really into it for a game that just doesn't matter is not worth it. And two, and this is probably the main reason, there is an injury level of football that does not parallel the other two major sports. They, they have nothing in common. On every play in football, a guy's career can end. Now, it can, in theory, happen in the other sports, but it does not. We see it consistently in col- in major college and definitely in the pros, major injuries. Because guys are moving so fast, the collisions are so strong. Also, the thing with football, unlike basketball, where I can just kind of learn on the fly with my teammates, I can't just learn on the fly of just a one-off game of playing in an all-star game of what plays to run. It's just, we're all coming from different schemes. It's basically impossible. So I guess it's a long-winded way of saying the Pro Bowl, even if they did try it, there's not much they can do. The sport, the the installation process from the coaching staff is just too intense, one. Two, your players have to be so locked in and so just laser-focused on the intensity of that week to then take it seriously. And then three, if they really are playing hard, which I think would be difficult just because we know the injury level. You don't want to get other guys hurt in a game that doesn't matter. We're in basketball. I could go, if I'm a high-level player, get another high-level player, and we could play a one-on-one game that is just super high level, and neither of us think about getting injured, right? I can simulate, even if I'm a batter coming back off injury, and I go to the cage, and I do a simulated game, you know, I take I take four or five ABs off a certain individual, well, I can get one of the guys out of the bullpen throwing extremely hard, and it even though if it's in the cage, it's still simulating what I would see when I do come back. You can't really do that in football. You know, uh, unless you're going to go all in, it's just basically impossible. It's not It's not worth it. If anything, I, I was thinking today, maybe you scrap the game altogether and you just do other activities, whether it's skill challenge, whether it's panels and them just talking. I, I don't even know. But I, I think we're getting closer to that game not even existing because you, you can play a half-ass NBA game. You can even play a, a baseball game where you're kind of into it. It's basically impossible to do that in the NFL and just in football in general. You're either all in or you're all out. You can't you can't kind of go half speed. It's I've been to countless practices, and when coaches go seventy five percent, it's actually closer to a hundred percent. To me, there's like ninety percent plus, and there's like forty percent below. There's really not much in between. Now you cannot tackle guys to the ground, but guys are still moving at warp speed. So. I guess this is a a long way of saying I I don't know if there's much to do to save the Pro Bowl. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events... You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. They help you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Did you know 70% of LinkedIn users Don't visit other leading job sites. LinkedIn's the only one I use. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional 
on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N. That's linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Okay, let's dive into the quarterbacks, and we're going to hear a lot about these three guys. And when I say the quarterbacks, I mean the top three, which is Joe Burrow, Tua Tonga-Valoa, and Justin Herbert. And depending on who you read, who you talk to, you get a different order. I think the consensus is Burrow's the top guy, question on Tua's hip, and Herbert's kind of the biggest wild card, but also might be the most talented, raw prospect of the group. We're going to find a lot more out. I think about all three guys, physically, the buzz, after the end of next week at the Combine, which I imagine all three guys are going to be you know, front and center at, which is a good thing. And I, I just want to prepare, one, one pet peeve of mine during draft time is especially when media members go, when anonymous scouts and anonymous takes come out, put your name on it. No, you idiots. They can't put their name on it. They're not allowed to. And guess what? There's a reason the media always asked them for their opinions. And when I was working for a team, for a couple articles, I gave my opinions on guys on the West Coast. It's, we're not allowed to put our names on it. That's not, that's not okay. But there's a reason the media asks us for our opinions when you're, you ask the scouts. Because they give good stuff. Now, you might be getting lied to. You might not. I always say, yeah, the general manager might be lying to you. I don't think the, the regional scout gives a crap. He's not thinking about that. He's just giving you his opinion on the player. The general manager is trying to create narratives through the public, through other teams, but the regional scouts in my experience don't even think about that stuff. That that is not their job. So when they are when you get anonymous quotes, that's what the guy thinks. And everyone on Twitter always thinks they're smarter than the scout. We get it, but you're not. Uh but here's the deal. When you get top prospects, you need to nitpick them. Because when you draft a guy in the top five, I'd have to see what the top five guy is making this year, but I'd guess, give or take, around $30 million if you take fifth. If you go number one overall, I think the number this year is over $35 million. Fully guaranteed. You're giving a, a quarterback or a pass rusher or whoever in the top five over $30 million guaranteed. That is not counting the fifth-year option. So if he's just solid, you're probably going to pick that thing up and he's going to end up making 55, maybe 60. So you are investing. Think of it like a business. In the first round, you are guaranteeing whoever you pick four years of a fully guaranteed salary every year. It obviously kind of goes up incrementally as, you know, from the first year to the fourth year, you make a little more every year. But you're making a ton of money. A ton of money. Kyler Murray got a $9 million signing bonus with the A's two years ago as the ninth overall pick. He got over $30 million. I think it was like $33 million last year to be the number one overall pick of the Arizona Cardinals. And and unlike the A's, he didn't have to ride in a bus. He didn't have to go play in low A ball in front of seven people. He didn't have to take batting practice. He got to go right to the show, baby. Started 16 games, never looked back, and cashed huge checks. And it looks like he's going to be a really good player. But last year, I, I would say for the most part, 
I don't know how much we really nitpick Kyler Murray. The one huge question mark was his size. But his size was his size. Like, there's nothing. What are you really nitpicking? He's short. Like, we all knew it. There's not much to say. He had been durable. I guess there's one question. He had been a one-year starter. I would say the elephant in the room was, if this doesn't go well, and this was actually the elephant in the room with Kyler, would you leave for baseball? And he eventually kind of opened up and became adamant, no, I'm all in on football. And it's pretty clear now he's all in on football. He's going to be a good player, and he should have some success. But I think when you look at the three guys, and I know Bucky Brooks wrote an article. He thought Tua was the number one overall guy. I talked to a lot of people in the league that just Joe Burrow's film this year. I mean, guys, and maybe ladies too listening. He threw 60 touchdowns this year. 60 touchdowns. Well, let's start with Joe Burrow. I'm going to start on the negatives. I'm going to nitpick them because that's we'll get to the positives a ton over these next couple of months. But I'm going to focus on, in a draft room, if you're the Bengals, if you're the Chargers, if you're the Dolphins, and you're just talking about potentially acquiring him, what are my concerns with the guy? My number one concern with Joe Burrow is why did this happen out of nowhere? Why was Why couldn't he beat out other guys at Ohio State? Why this first year at LSU with the same wide receivers and the same offensive skill guys, was he so bad? Why does his accuracy go from 56% to 76%? It's one thing to bump up in a year from like 60 to 65 or 58 to 63 or 63 to 67. It's another thing to go up 20 percentage points. Now, we all know what we saw because if you're listening to this, you probably watched a decent amount of LSU. He was remarkable. He looked like football Jesus throwing the ball. He could not miss. Again, 60 touchdowns, 6 picks, dominated all year long national championship. Heisman Trophy. Kicked everyone's ass up and down the field. And I I would be at the point in the draft room where i go, listen, it was a one-year wonder, but his one year was so dominant, I don't know what to say, coach, or, you know, Howie, or whoever the GM is. Like, it's just, it was what it was. And I I think that he's going to maintain this level. And I think what GMs are going to say is, how can we keep him on this track? And the other knock is going to be, he has a first-round wide receiver, Jefferson, that's going to come out this year. The Chase guy is going to be a top-10 wide receiver. So he was throwing to elite guys, but when he was throwing it to them, he was hitting them in their hands, and especially on the move. The other big question mark to me on Burrow was going to be, if you're Cincinnati, it wouldn't affect the Chargers or the Miami Dolphins as much because they're warm-weather clients, but he, he has a good arm, not a great arm. So if you're Cincinnati, by the time you get to November 1st, it's freezing cold in Cincinnati. You play the Browns, you play the Steelers, and you play the Ravens. Well, if you're playing those games outdoors, I don't know who the hell's calling me, it's going to be freezing cold, and you need a little zip on the ball to get through. And Carson Palmer had that back in the day. Andy Dalton did not, and as talking to someone in the league, it kind of limited Andy Dalton sometimes his career late in the season. He was much better earlier in the season. Now, the one year when he was having the career year, he did hurt his thumb. But I would say arm strength is going to be a question mark. And there is some of this, which I don't think is a bad thing, but there's a balance to it. He's pretty cocky. Now, we've seen cocky guys crush it. Aaron Rodgers is pretty cocky. He walked into the Packers and was like, talk shit to Favre. And he's become an all-time great. Baker Mayfield's pretty cocky, and it feels like he's fallen off a cliff. So there is, there's just an unknown with that. Now, there is a confidence that you have to have in any profession that there's a lot of money on the line, let alone professional athletes. When you, your physical attributes, you're trying to out, you know, they, they matter a lot. So your deep belief in yourself, like everyone at the highest level is cocky. But his, you know, you just hear some things where you just, it's going to be interesting to see what the, the vibe is coming out of some of these meeting rooms. But his, his one singular season is literally the greatest single season in the history of college sports. So it's, it was so good that I think it kind of wipes out the previous question marks. To me, it's going to be the arm strength. And just, I, I just think the attitude, just get ready, it's coming up. I don't know him. I don't even know anyone at LSU. I just, you just hear some rumblings. Just, just keep an eye on that. Tua. There was, in Albert Breer's article today... He talked to Saban, and one of the things Saban says is he reminds him a lot of Drew Brees, and just talking to him with the, for a brief moment at the Super Bowl, his character is pristine. He is a very, very mature guy, 
And when I say like the 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 cocky vibe, he just comes off pretty normal. Now I'm not talking about like a in between the huddle, like being fired. I'm just saying I, he's a pretty even keel individual. But Saban loves him. He's easily the best quarterback Saban's had of the dynasty, and ain't even close. He dominated the SEC, but he was hurt multiple times. He had reoccurring ankle injuries, and he dislocated a hip. And that, to me, like I, I think. At the end of the day, if you're so good, you overlook hockey. At the end of the day, if you're so good, you even overlook arm strength. It sometimes gets difficult, the injuries, do you go, were these one-offs? I stood next to him and walked with him for about 10 seconds, you know, 20 seconds or whatever. He's not the tallest guy, but he's definitely tall enough. And the other thing that stood out to me about Tua is physically he's pretty thick. Like, he's not just some, some small, thin-boned guy. Like, he's got some girth to him. I, I was actually impressed with his size. But the injuries, and this is where it gets tough for a GM, you depend on your medical doctors. I went to Cal Poly. Got a master's degree from Fresno State. If I was a GM, I, I don't know anything about dislocated hips. Anything about broken ankles. Anything about Tommy John surgeries. You, you just depend on your medical people for this. That's the reason they went to school for 10 years or whatever the hell it takes to get your medical degrees and become a surgeon and know all this stuff. They're smarter than us, you know, when it comes to our, the body. So you depend on that guy to say, he's going to look you in the eye and go, I think he's going to be okay, or I think I, I red flagged this. Now, it doesn't mean they're always right. The, they, the Miami Dolphins, once upon a time, did that with uh, Drew Brees, and they were wrong. It, 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 remember there were people like, is Peyton Manning ever going to be okay? He was fine. Sometimes we do that, though, and we go, is this guy ever going to be all right? And he's never okay. Can't think of a specific instance off the top of my head, but it's happens countless times. Like Kevin Durant. Is Kevin Durant going to be 100% okay? Hope so. But who knows? Maybe his Achilles injury, given his body type, he's never the same. I, I don't know. There's just a huge unknown. So I think you're, you're, looking at, you're looking at injuries as by far the number one question with Tua. Because when he was on the field, he kicked the crap out of just about every team. He was, he was elite. He's probably got the best deep ball we've seen in college football I mean, in my lifetime, which is beautiful. Now, and like, in fairness, the other not, if I'm going to knock Burrow on playing with elite guys, he did play with just elite wide receivers. Jerry Judy, top 10 pick, top 15 pick. Ruggs, top 20 pick. Devontae Smith, who went back to school, elite player. He's playing with NFL running backs, NFL offensive linemen. So I think both Burrow and Tua, you just ask yourself, are, if I don't have the, like if I'm the Miami Dolphins, who's he throwing to? Who's running the ball? Like, if you're the Chargers, you go, well, let's roll, baby. We got Mike Williams, Keenan Allen. If we re-sign Hunter Henry and draft Austin Eckler and draft a running back, let's kick ass, take names. If you're the Bengals, you go, well, we got Joe Mixon. Uh, probably not A.J. Green. You know, just you start asking, how's he going to look? That's, that's part of on the organization to then kind of incorporate those guys around them. Justin Herbert, I actually think, is the biggest wild card. Because just physically, he's the best of the three. Got news for you, not that close. He's bigger than both of them. He's, Burrow's a pretty good athlete, but he's probably, well, I guess we'll see when they run the 40. I, I, I would guess Herbert's faster than Burrow. His arm strength is much superior than these two guys. He's a much more accomplished Josh Allen coming out of Oregon. But he won a lot, and especially this senior season, he was really good. 66%, 32 touchdowns, 6 picks. I think the knock is going to be, and this was the knock last year, if he would have came out, he would have been a top five pick. But there were some people questioning, like, is he, is he mentally ready? And when I say mentally ready, like, he kind of had the Mariota vibe to him, where he's not Mr. Loud. Mr. Like, let's get back to Burrow. Like, he's cocky. He's outspoken. He's, he's the guy. Follow me to freedom. So is Tua. Like, Tua talks, people listen. Now, it's a little different than Burrow, but both those guys are assertive leaders. Just, this is from information talking to people in the league. I don't make it shit up. This is verified information from people that have been in the schools. The knock on Herbert has been, and I'm talking coming into this season when he's a little quieter. Remember with Mariota and everyone freaked out like, is Mariota as good of a leader as Jameis? Now we can question Jameis the leader, but Mariota's assertiveness and his just, his just level of intensity in terms of talking and leadership it affected him. Now, you could say the reason it mainly affected him, he's just not good enough, right? It's 
His personality is not his biggest downfall. It's his physical attributes. He's not a good passer of the football. Don't ever forget how good the media tried to tell you Marcus Mariota was. Justin Herbert is in a completely different stratosphere as a pro prospect than Marcus Mariota. And I like Marcus Mariota coming out, but people acting like he was going to be Steve Young or something, it was was insane. Good college player, has kind of been exposed in the NFL. Arm strength average, not an accurate passer. That's the thing with Justin Herbert. He's pretty accurate, 66%. He ain't throwing to NFL wide receivers. He's throwing to just kind of some random guys. They actually, their running game this year... this is Jonathan Stewart and Ontario Smith and Kenyon Barner and LaMichael James. I know Bust, but he was a good college player. Ain't walking through that door. His talent on offense by far was the worst out of these two guys. He didn't have a Rugs. He didn't have a Chase. He didn't have these star wide receivers. He had some random guys and running, uh, running backs that were below average for Oregon standards. Oregon was really a defensive-led team. But Herbert, to me... As the season went on, played a lot better, and then, especially in that Rose Bowl, just willed his team to a victory. I don't think it's insanity if you told me right now the Cincinnati Bengals took Justin Herbert number one on February 17th. Now, it would be crazy just given Burrow's season, how hype Tua was, but I'm as a prospect, just physical gifts, they're there. Now, the personality stuff, it does matter. And the media always gets so offended by this. Like, why are we talking about their personalities? I don't know. Carson Palmer told me, you know what he misses most about being an NFL quarterback? Walking into that building every day and having the weight of the franchise on his shoulders. You know who doesn't have that? The wide receiver, the defensive end, the safety, the running back, the guard. The quarterback does. It's the reason the quarterback gets all the money. It's the reason the quarterback gets all the girls. It's also the reason the quarterback gets all the shit when things don't go right. That's why Jimmy G has taken all these bullets when since they lost the Super Bowl. Now, obviously, other guys on the team get the girls, too. But the quarterback gets the most. He's the most famous. It'll always be like that. He's the NBA star of football. And it's because he's more important. But when you just talk about physical attributes, and if you're Cincinnati Bengals and you're playing outside in the cold, like I think Herbert is a little more intriguing for them than you get the hype. Now, you're going to have to get to know the person. And I think that's going to be the big question mark. He also went to the Senior Bowl and answered a lot of questions, was around a lot of guys. And from what I've heard, it went really well. And ultimately, his physical attributes are so superior that even if you're like, you know, he's a little quiet, you'll just talk yourself into, we'll make him louder. We'll make him more comfortable. And unlike LSU and Alabama, that are covered like NFL teams, Eugene, Oregon doesn't exactly a major media market. So there is going to be, if he just goes to... Now, obviously, the Miami Dolphins and even the Chargers aren't covered like that. But still, you'd be in L.A. or you'd be in the Miami Dolphins playing the New England Patriots, playing the New York Jets. It'd be a completely different world that you're going to have to be comfortable with. Yeah, he'll be able to handle that. And I'm fascinated to see this way, the way it shakes out. I think all three are, I mean, are close to just big-time prospects. And I think that Justin Herbert actually is being a little undervalued at this point. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. 
Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, let's dive into some stories just that came around this weekend. We'll just fly through them. Kind of like what we do in the season with games, but, but just stories. Start with the XFL. Full disclosure, unlike the first weekend where I watched a decent amount, you know, probably 30% of the XFL on opening weekend, I watched 0% of the XFL uh, in the week two, zero. Not one snap besides something on social media. The McGloin clip, Matt McGloin threw a pick six. I didn't watch any games. I was out and about. I was just doing other stuff, but I wasn't going to watch it. They've kind of lost my interest. But one thing I think they're doing a good job of, and I give them a lot of credit, is they go viral after every game. Whoever wins the game is shotgunning beers or slamming beers in the locker room. That looks fun. That looks cool. Kudos to the XFL. Embrace what just people like doing, having fun, slamming beers in the locker room. You know, you don't, you don't see that in the NFL. I got the Daytona 500 on the background. Dude just flipped over like 50 times. Wow, geez. It's a crazy, crazy-ass crash. But yeah, the XFL, keep doing that. Darius Slay on the block. Talking to a buddy in the league, I said, why would the Lions trade Darius Slay? And his response was, they're morons. And I think that's fair. The Lions are poorly run right now with Matt Patricia and Dan, and I want to call him Dan, Bob Quinn, the general manager, not doing a good job. It's just that simple. They traded away a safety last year to Seattle and he became their best defensive back. They don't evaluate personnel very well. They're in shambles. They've been terrible. They're drafting third overall this year for a reason. They're just not well run. Now, I'll be honest, I don't know that much about Darius Slay as a player. You know, I, I know he's really good, but just the level of, of him as a player, I had to text around, and everyone that I texted, he's an elite player. Why would you get rid of an elite player? How about you just pay elite players? You know, now I guess he that Patricia and Quinn could argue, well, he's been an elite player for us, and look at what it gets us. Nothing. I'd say that's probably on you. I, I would not get rid of him. Tom Brady will get offered $60 million by the Oakland Raiders. Uh... Is is every day that goes by that we don't have a contract with New England, I'm starting to believe he may leave. Now, is he going to go to the Raiders? I, I don't know, but $60 million, $60 million. You could argue for Tom Brady, for him to say yes to the Raiders, that number would have to be about $75, $80 million. If I'm Tom Brady and I'm going to go to the Raiders, I, I'd probably need two years, $80 million. Your defense is atrocious. You got a bunch of young players on offense, unproven guys. I, I know... The tight end last year, Waller had a really good year, and even Josh Jacobs. But it's just—it's not like I'm inheriting Barry Sanders and Rob Gronkowski here, you know. Unless I'd act like John Gruden has really been just dominating the the coaching ranks for the last decade. He's had two years, been rocky to say the least. So it's—it would take me a little more money than sixty million dollars, especially when countless quarterbacks are getting paid more than thirty million dollars a year. It's basically Jimmy Garoppolo money. I'm Tom Brady. I'm going to come to the Raiders. I'm going to need some cash. Now you could you could counter me and go, well, who's really offering him a lot of money? That is that is a good question. <laughs> but if I'm Tom, I'm using some of my leverage of just being Tom freaking Brady. 
Brett Bielema, interviewing for Colorado. One thing I've heard over and over that the Colorado, Colorado AD wants is he's kind of old school. You know how a lot of these, these programs now look for spread it around, throw up a lot of points. He actually wants old school smash mouth. That's why he hired Mel Tucker, who is a Nick Saban guy. He wants to play defense, and he wants to run the ball down your throat. So Brett Bielema interviewing with Colorado actually makes a lot of sense. We forget Brett Bielema, relative to what Arkansas was before and after him, was pretty damn good there. And obviously at Wisconsin, he had a lot of success. I think Brett Bielema would be a home run hire for Colorado. Now, has he been humbled a little bit these last couple years? Out of football, working for Belichick as a defensive line coach. Now I think he's a pass rush specialist for the Giants. I, I don't know if they could do much better than Brett Bielema. Seriously. His resume's long. He's won a lot of games. He's coached in multiple Power 5 conferences. The two biggest ones, the Big Ten and the SEC. And he, he had a little bit of success at Arkansas relative to the talent they get and, and to the teams they play. He wasn't just some joke. Produced a lot of NFL players. I actually think it would be a pretty good hire. I, th- I think it would be a solid addition for the Pac-12 getting Brett Bielema in there. I you could argue that Brett Bielema, he, well, he is more accomplished than Mel Tucker, probably be a better head coach than Mel Tucker. The Bucks. One, I guess Bruce Arians was asked last week if anything's changed with his quarterback thinking and with Jameis getting the LASIK, and he basically just said no because we have no clue who's going to be available in trade, who's going to get cut, who's going to leave teams. I, I think he's just leaving it open. If we can do better than Jameis, he's gone. The other major variable with Jameis Winston, how much do you think Jameis Winston's going to cost? You think he's just going to be like a $20 million quarterback? Jameis Winston, as crazy as it sounds, he's going to want $30 million a year. He's going to want an enormous contract. I I promise you he will. And that's right now the most under kind of uh, appreciated thing about Jameis is like everyone's making fun of him. He throws a lot of picks. He's a free agent. He'll franchise him maybe. But what if he doesn't franchise? Don't franchise him. See how much money he's going to ask for. Because he's more accomplished than Teddy Bridgewater, and there was a story out today that Teddy Bridgewater is going to cost $30 million. Now, I don't believe that, but if Teddy Bridgewater is getting $30 million, Jameis Winston's getting $30 million. I, I, I promise you that. Free agency's weird. Guys get overpaid. But I, I think that if Jameis does hit free agency or just cost the bucks because they don't want to franchise him, it's going to be at a lot higher number than just the casual fan would go, Whoa! Jameis got what? Jameis got $75 million guaranteed? Just brace yourself. Get ready for it because it's coming. Okay, let's uh, let's dive into the Middlecoff mailbag. Dive into a couple questions here. Okay, also, we talk about the Niners retaining free agents, but what do the Patriots Super Bowl teams look like the following year with turnover? Other than franchising and trading Armstead, should we be retaining anyone? And what would, what about taking a chance on Thomas's Solomon Thomas's fifth year option like they did with Armstead? Start with Solomon Thomas. I would say no chance. <laughs> They're not picking that up. Armstead was six seven, and was just a superior athlete. The Patriots look different every year, but they do keep their core together. And I expect the 49ers to extend Kittle, extend Buckner, and I think that it's going to be a tough decision. When it comes to when it comes to Armstead, you you could either franchise him and keep him, you could try to pay him and keep him with Bosa and Buckner and just have a dominant defensive line, or maybe best case, franchise and trade. Look what they did with Clowney, with Frank Clark, with D Ford. Now Clowney's the worst example, but you do it in the off season, and this is where the Niners, Parag, John, Kyle are good. You franchise and you trade immediately. So that, that, that would be my move. Hey, John, love the pod. Got two questions for the mailbag. First question. We are not giving Tyreek Hill enough credit for the Super Bowl win the Chiefs had. Hill was virtually uncoverable, as always. Draws double covers, d- double coverage every snap. That gives KC other players uh, big advantages against their matchups the entire game. Secondly, who are the top five non-quarterback players based on importance to their team's success? I personally would include Hill in that conversation. P.S., Come to NC and let's play some golf. I would love to come to North Carolina and play some golf, to be honest with you. Uh, I would say, yeah, I mean, Hill's performance was, when you're that fast, even if you don't have that many catches in a game, you impact every game. 
Deshaun Jackson, Odell Beckham, you create and change the coverage. So yeah, his impact, and he's such an elite player, is huge. Off the top of my head, top five non-quarterbacks in the league, Aaron Donald, George Kittle, and TJ Watt was an ass kicker this year. Mike Evans, Julio Jones, pretty damn good. Uh, Hopkins is elite. You know, Ramsey got traded. I wouldn't quite include him anymore. Middle line, Who's like the best middle linebacker? I'd have to do some thinking. It's hard to do off the top of my head. But yeah, I mean, Hill's, Hill's right up there. When do you think the Dallas Cowboys should start to draft offensive linemen to replace the older players on their line? I, you know, I, I think you could never draft enough offensive linemen. I, I would try to draft an offensive lineman every year. And if you're the Dallas Cowboys, Mike McCarthy, he's an old school guy. I, I would I would imagine they're drafting guards and centers in the middle. It's easy because you can draft, you can find starters, definitely guys that make your team in the sixth and seventh round at guard and center. So I, I would recommend drafting guys every year. The Jets did it. The Jets did not do it, and look where it got them. They were in shambles last year. They couldn't protect Arnold. You have to draft offensive linemen. Very, I love the pod. Very insightful. I know you mentioned that you are not a big fantasy football guy, but I recently traded for the first overall pick in my dynasty rookie draft. I know it all depends where they actually get drafted uh, in April, but I need a top wide receiver. Who do you think has the best skills that will translate to the NFL from college? Jerry Judy or C.D. Lamb? Any insight would be greatly appreciated. I would typically lean the more physical wide receiver and that C.D. Lamb, but I've watched enough Matthew Berry shows to know you can be a great wide receiver. If you're with a bad quarterback, you're in trouble. You know, if if Jerry Judy goes to, I'm trying to think of it, the New York Giants and gets with Daniel Jones, and CeeDee Lamb goes to Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, like it's just, or vice versa, or one guy goes to, you know, just a team with a good quarterback. If one of these guys gets a rookie quarterback or a second-year quarterback, I, I got to know the quarterback. Because you see it every year. Like, once A.J. Brown got with Ryan Tannehill, A.J. Brown was kicking ass and taking names, right? When you get with a good quarterback who can feed you the ball, you can put up huge numbers. So, to me, the the key on that has to be the quarterback. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what so. I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it? <laughs> 
<laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Chiefs fan from Germany. Out of curiosity, if the Chiefs were to trade Mahomes, I know they never will, how many picks other players could they acquire in that auction-type scenario? Uh, I think the scenario is kind of stupid just in the sense that they literally, he's the most untradeable player. I mean, I'm not going to overreact saying NFL history, but you think you could say in NFL history and you could say it with a straight face. Five first rounders. You gave me five number ones. If they like, they hated him and wanted to get rid of him. Like he was a bad guy. Five first rounders probably would be my guess. We all know Mike Brown is one of the poorest owners in the NFL. And therefore, the Bengals are never active in free agency and depend mostly entirely on the draft to build their team. Assuming the Bengals take Joe Burrow number one overall, how would you proceed throughout the rest of the draft in building a supporting cast around him so he can succeed? The Bengals once drafted Cendric Aboigade, I can't say that name, and Jake Fisher in rounds one and two in 2015 to eventually become starters, but they were both busts. With that history, is drafting for need the way to go, offensive line, or do you just draft BPA regarding regardless of position. I think the key is when you draft a young quarterback or sign a young quarterback, like the Niners did with Jimmy Garoppolo, you have to surround them with players. Offensive linemen and skill guys. Uh, I'd have to text around to get the the lay of the land on the Bengals' offensive line. I know they have Joe Mixon. Well, A.J. Green's going to be gone, and A.J. Green didn't play all season. So you're going to need a number one wide receiver. So with the number two overall pick, or the number one overall pick in the second round, like the Niners this year, they got Debo Samuel, and he's their best wide receiver. They got aggressive. They got Jimmy Garoppolo. They drafted McGlinchey. They drafted Debo. They traded for Emmanuel Sanders. You know, how he drafts Carson Wentz. He goes and gets Alshon Jeffrey. He signs Deshaun. He drafts Goddard. He gets Miles Sanders. He trades for JGI. You always draft an offensive lineman. You got to surround your guy and give him a shot. That, that, to me, is the key. Hell, they got Russell Wilson. They traded for Jimmy Graham. They traded for Percy Harvin. Always tried to get him weapons. Always drafting running backs. Always trading for weapons. I, I think you can never have enough weapons for your young quarterback. Now, you could also have enough, never have enough guys that can block for him, too. That clearly, like you said, is a little more difficult to, uh, to figure out. You know, Because if you miss on an offensive lineman, if you, at least you can still throw the ball to the wide receiver, in theory. Like if the offensive lineman can't block, he's going to get the guy killed. Just saw the Rams and the Broncos won't be sending any assistant coaches or coordinators to the Combine. Also, the head coaches will only be go to fulfill media obligations. Is the Combine so well televised that coaches don't need to go anymore? Or do they think they already have enough college film to create their draft boards? I would think they'd at least want to use the time to interview potential future players. What do you think their reasoning could be? I don't really know what their reasoning could be. I saw Benjamin Albright tweeted that he thought it was because guys, assistant coaches like to talk and you give a lot of secret information out. Well, I think you could say the same for GM and head coaches. Like people just talk at the combine. To me, the bigger issue is that I don't know if the assistant coaches have to go. I I got no problem with it. The head coach, general manager, and contract negotiator 1 million percent need to be there. Because the way business is done in the NFL is at the combine, you're talking about free agency, even more than the draft talking about what it's going to cost to retain the players that you want to retain, what it's going to cost to go get free agents, what potential trades are out there because you're meeting with general managers. You're all in the same place. I run another podcast, Haberman Middlecoff, the business aspect of it. And I do all the business off email. And I don't really need to see people in person. I've just done all of our business can be done with text and, and email, through ad agencies, even through companies. I've done businesses through companies without ever talking to anyone on the phone. But I'm not worried about like competition. Like if you don't show up, the other 31 teams are your competition. So if you are not present, they may be gaining an edge. And part of gaining an edge also is just getting to know an agent better, getting some inside information from another general manager. You got to have boots on the ground. Sources say that my boots should be on the ground. Uh, since I think I mentioned something at the beginning of this, we've got some more information. I think I'm going to be there next week just for a couple days. But yeah, I, I, I do think it's important to go. And do, is it important for the assistant coaches to go? That doesn't matter as much. I don't know why. I, I'll try to find out when I'm there. I, I, I honestly haven't really heard much about it. It's kind of weird. I'm an Eagles fan and would love to, uh, 
Love the podcast. Appreciate it. What do you think about Jameis getting LASIK surgery? Arian said his vision was so bad that he couldn't even read the scoreboard. Is it possible that all the picks were just because he was completely blind and now he will just be awesome? Well, I, I have pretty good eyesight. Uh, my brother doesn't. My dad did not at all. I've dated girls with bad eyesight. It clearly impacts your life. And nearsighted, farsighted, whatever it is, it's hard to see certain things. Now, he's been good enough where you go, I do think he can see, but I've seen enough pictures go viral on the internet of him squinting. So clearly, there are times when he struggles to see. And if you think about the pace of how fast everyone is running relative when he's throwing picks, right, or it's it's multiple guys running four fours, the DB and the wide receiver, maybe it'll help. Now, is he going to go from being 30-30 guy to all of a sudden 45-10 guy? Probably not. Could he be better? For sure. Uh, simply put, I, I have no clue. I would lean we don't see that much difference. Like Steph Curry, I think, got LASIK like his third year. Not his third year in the league, but like his third year once he started kicking everyone's ass, and I think it helped. But he had already been kicking everyone's ass without LASIK. So I I, I struggle to put that much, you know, uh, credence or just belief that it's going to be some game-changing thing. Can you explain what it means to restructure a contract and what dead cap is? Asking for it as a Niners fan and reading about the team possibly getting Jimmy G and D Ford to restructure things. Well, when I give a guy $100 million, if I give a guy a five-year $100 million deal, and or a four-year $100 million deal, let's say, and I guarantee $70 million of it, that $70 million bonus is put into escrow. And typically it's paid within the first two weeks of the deal signing. And you were paid that enormous amount of money within the first year of you signing the contract. Well, I don't put $70 million on the books year one. I amortize that and spread it out throughout the life of the deal. And I can do it incrementally. So it's why when you see a guy like Khalil Mack sign for $90 million, his first couple years of his deal are enormous, the dead cap. Because the, the bonus money goes into the dead cap. Your cap money, I, I'm pretty sure you can spread out any way you want. And that's the actual money you're paying them on a given basis. So typically, the dead cap on a huge deal like Matt Ryan, Khalil Mack, Odell Beckham, Julio Jones, whoever. A guy that's signing for $50 million plus in guaranteed money. The first couple years of that deal, the dead cap is dramatically higher than the cap number. It's why if I cut you, your cap number goes away. But if you have a dead cap of 30 or $40 million because I've paid you this enormous lump sum of money, that stays on my cap. So if I keep you on my team, you're at, it's actually cheap, cheaper to keep you around. Like the term cheaper to keeper, it's cheaper to keep you. You know, that's why people don't get divorced because divorces get really expensive. You can, you know, figure out situations because it gets really complicated. It's why a lot of guys don't get cut that probably should. Because it's actually cheaper to keep him on your team. Even if you don't really want him on your team. Like it's cheaper for the Jacksonville Jaguars to keep Nick Foles. Than it will be to trade him or cut him. And that's just the nature of signing huge deals. And it's not like. Unlike in basketball and baseball. Where I can just trade your salary away. It doesn't work like that. Because of the structure of contracts in the NFL, I've already paid you the money. So someone else doesn't owe you that huge bonus. It's already been paid by me. That's why last year people made such a big deal about Odell Beckham getting traded because they'd already paid the money. They'd the, the Giants had already given them the cash. So that's just a little cliff note version. Appreciate everyone listening. Thanks a lot. Adios. Godspeed. And uh, have a great week and I'll talk to you a little later. See you.
Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Good sleep should come naturally. And with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm. The Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l e e s a dot com slash iHeart.